0: yo guys what is good welcome to the flow show pod here ladies and gentlemen a flow man covering all things in the flow you already know we are here today with a very special guest we are here with ryan finkel's finkel <laughs> i can't do it i can't do it uh and he just told me it too anyways we're here with ryan today from the locked on mets podcast ryan what's up man how you doing
1: Doing good, man. It's all right. I've got it my whole life. Finkelstein, Finkelstein, it doesn't matter. Let's talk some Mets. (laughs) Yes, let's talk some Mets, man. This is going to be good. Unfortunately,
0: I know a little bit about the Mets. I said to Josh earlier today, if you guys haven't watched that video, Josh Neighbors came on our show just a few little bit ago. We talked Nationals baseball. But uh, I know a little bit more about the Mets because I covered the Florida State League for a while. So I know a little bit more about their minor league system. I know more about their guys than I did the Nationals. So I can at least have a little bit of a conversation, at least more of a conversation here today than previous episodes. But I appreciate you, Ryan, for coming on today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we'll talk here. We'll get to get into our first topic. We'll kind of recap last season. Obviously, the Mets, you know, they came off of, that of last season not making it to the postseason, they haven't in a couple of seasons. Um, you know, kind of recap last season for the Mets as a whole. And who were some players that, you know, really impressed you? And who would you say underperformed last year for the New York Mets?
1: Well, they had no pitching last year. I mean, that was basically the story. Uh, we saw great seasons out of guys like Dominic Smith, Michael Conforto, Jeff McNeil crashed into the wall at one point. So that kind of sidetracked him. But eventually he got things going. Overall, the team had a great offensive season. Even Robinson Cano had a really good bounce back year but there was no pitching outside of Jacob deGrom and David Peterson in the rotation. Uh, The bullpen was completely lost all year. Seth Lugo gets moved out of the bullpen into the rotation, and that hurts both units because he wasn't good out of the rotation, and the bullpen suffered without him. So it was just a lost year. The entire season, you had the sale of the team as kind of a backdrop of everything going on. So it never really felt like the team could get on track. And, I mean, ultimately, I mean – it was one of those years where if they had just gone on a five-game winning streak at any point, they would have made the expanded playoff. And they just never could string together wins.
0: Yeah, it was a tough season for the Mets last year. They had a lot of talent, but they just uh, weren't able to put everything and piece it together. And uh, new manager, obviously, last year. Last year for you guys was crazy. You had Carlos Beltran, obviously. Stuff got out with the whole, you know, the scandal and everything. We will kind of get into that. But obviously, Beltron ended up getting fired. Never actually coached a game for the Mets. And you bring in Luis O'Has, which I think for the first season, a lot of people were, I think, excited for him coming in. And I think he did good for what had happened to the team last year. But I, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do as a manager. I know a lot of people I have talked to through the Mets organization really like Rojas and like the guy he, the type of guy he is and the type of person he is. So I'm excited to see what he can do. But it's gonna be an interesting season this upcoming year for the Mets. And obviously, we're in the thick of things. We're a little over a week into spring training. Your Mets are currently are four and three right now so far on the spring. So far, you know, I don't know if you watched any of the spring games or if at least maybe you've gotten to see some of the box scores or the lines or whatever. Um, But who has impressed you so far this spring for the Mets? And what would you say are some of the storylines up to this point for the team as well?
1: Well, I'll say for one thing, I'd watch more games in Major League Baseball, got their act together and figured out how to televise all these spring training games. But for what I've watched, I mean, the Mets have really showcased a lot of their young talent, which has been interesting to see guys like Ryan Mauricio, Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos, some of the prospects get in there. As far as the actual team, I and mean, Brandon Nimmo has looked great. It's hard to take too much from spring. You know, I think the Mets are in a really good position right now with their lineup, with their starting pitching. I think there's a lot of questions about the bullpen and just the overall defense, and the Mets have actually looked a little bit shaky, making a lot of errors over the last week here. But, you know, overall, I think we're going to see – A competition for that fifth starter job is maybe one of the biggest conversations right now. Will David Peterson get it after a strong rookie year? Today, you know, in the media session, we learned that Carlos Carrasco has some elbow soreness, so we're hoping that he's going to be fine come opening day. If he's not, there's guys like Jordan Yamamoto, Joey Lucchese, Jared Eikhoff, who could potentially fill into that rotation. So those are kind of the main points of, of conversation right now. Other than that, I mean, the bench is kind of, I think, fairly set in stone. The question just is, are they going to have a five-man bench or a four-man bench? But you're likely looking at Luis Guillorme, Kevin Pilar, Tomas Nito, uh, Albert Amora Jr., and I'm probably forgetting one. Oh, uh, Jonathan VR. So uh, there's this team is a lot more set in stone than Mets teams in the past, I would say.
0: Yeah, I forgot actually, Joey Lucas signed with the team. I forgot, I completely got traded to the team. I completely yeah. forgot about that, but uh, yeah, I feel like this team is, is as you mentioned, more set in stone than previous years. It's kind of things have been moving around the last couple of years, but I think with a lot of their moves the last couple of seasons, also with a lot of their call ups they made, a lot of the guys are kind of blossoming out, and it's definitely going to be interesting to see. And you kind of talked about you touch base on young talent. You know, the Mets have a lot of young, exciting players throughout the organization, uh, which includes players in the minor leagues as well for the team. You know, which players do you see maybe making their debut this season for the squad? And who do you think may make the have the most production for the squad this year?
1: Well, the Mets have an interesting farm system because there's not a ton at the upper levels. They have a ton of talent at the lower levels, really stacked talent. And we're going to see those guys in a couple of years. I don't really know if there's a prospect that's going to make a big impact this year. I think the one that has an outside shot is Khalil Lee, who the Mets acquired in the Andrew Benintendi three-team trade that happened, you know, a month back or so. He's just the one that's closest, but I think for the most part, you're looking at guys who have the option to go down to the minor leagues that the Mets have added as depth. I mean, Sam McWilliams, the Mets signed to a major league contract, but he has minor league options, so he's a guy – that's trying to win a job out of the bullpen. That's maybe one kind of youngish guy that might make it. But overall, the Mets don't really have any candidate this year that you would say is going to you know, compete for the rookie of the year. They just don't have those prospects at that stage of their farm system.
0: Yeah, a lot of the guys that they've been bringing up are usually those are the they were the top prospects and then they bring them up and then obviously they turn out good example Pete Alonzo is a great example he was one of their top guys and made it to the big leagues and obviously we see what he's doing right now I mean he had 50 home runs in his first season I wouldn't even really consider last season much of a season I mean that was really hard to you can't really base last season um off of you know prior seasons and even up to this season it's kind of difficult i mean there's some things you could but not really much but uh yeah it's going to be definitely interesting to see their minor league system how it unfolds and i agree with you there are a lot of their younger guys especially like in low a um you know double a rookie ball you know it's kind of those type of levels i I definitely see that around their organization and obviously we got to talk about this you know this is the biggest move off season. Francisco Lindor, obviously the Indians traded Lindor. And not only that, Carlos Carrasco, another pretty solid pitcher. Um, You know, they traded them to the Mets this offseason. What do you think of the move for Lindor and Carrasco? And do you think this trade gets this team over the hump and possibly gets this team back to the postseason for
1: the first time in a few years? Absolutely. absolutely. I think, um, you know, I've said all offseason, even before the trade, I said that Francisco Lindor would be the best player to change teams this offseason. I still believe that. He gives the Mets a star that kind of puts everyone else in the right places. And what I mean by that is, you know, Pete Alonso is going to have to put as much pressure on himself because you have a guy out front in Lindor who has all the experience, has been to a World Series, who is a mega star that's going to really take a lot of attention away from some of those other guys. So I think he's going to be huge. Everything we've heard out of camp is just rave reviews over Lindor's impact as a leader, his work ethic, all that type of stuff. So that's really exciting to have. Now we're just interested to see if we'll sign an extension. But I think Lindor is going to be a huge addition. I think Carrasco actually filled a bigger need for the Mets. They really needed to address that starting pitching. And now between getting Stroman back on the qualifying offer, adding Carrasco, signing Taiwan Walker at the end of the offseason there, and then all those death moves I've already talked about, Yamamoto and Casey, all those guys. I mean, the Mets have a lot more pitching. I think that's something that they really needed to address.
0: Yeah. And one thing that I want to actually touch base is actually I'll add this into the top show today. Again, Ryan joining us here from the locked on Mets podcast here. Um, You know, one thing I wanted to touch base was the pitching and the pitching is, you know, so deep this year. I mean, compared to the previous seasons for the Mets and obviously bearing injuries, we've seen the Mets deal with injuries last couple of seasons. (laughs) Um, I know, I know even firsthand doing media as well. I've seen the team as well play and they've had a lot of injuries, but Um, would you say this is one of the probably better rotations in major league baseball top five, maybe?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's always, I always hate to do that too much when we're in spring training, just because, you know, last year I was doing podcasts talking about what I thought was a deep Mets rotation when Rick Porcello was supposed to be your five and being like the Mets two starter last year, that just did not work out. But this does feel like a staff that has a lot of potential. I mean, you look around baseball, and obviously the Padres made a ton of additions. They have a really good pitching staff in the division. You have two really good staffs in the Nationals and the Braves. I mean, there's definitely a lot of good pitching around baseball, but this definitely has the ceiling of being maybe even the best rotation in baseball, especially when you have the best pitcher in baseball, which is obviously Jacob deGrom.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got DeGrom, Marcus Stroman. I mean, there's a lot of guys in there who could possibly be aces for teams right now in the major leagues. So it's definitely going to be interesting to look and see how this pitching rotation plays out. And obviously again, bearing injuries, but again, we'll see what happens with that. The team. Um, Obviously we talked that you were mentioning, obviously with the nationals and the Braves, you know, the NL East is probably the toughest division in major league baseball. It really, it is the toughest division in major league baseball. I mean, all four or even all five of the teams in that division could make a case on winning that division. Um, But for the Mets, obviously they're probably the favorable team right now. A lot of people are picking the Mets to possibly win that division. It's really between the Mets and Braves overall in your prediction, where do you see this team finishing out by the end of the season? Do you see them as winning this division? Do you think they will be a wildcard team? I think not a lot of people are expecting them not to make the playoffs, but you never know. Things can always happen. Where do you see this team finishing up by the end of the season?
1: Well, you know, I've been hesitant to say they're the favorites because I just feel like people are really underselling the Braves. You're talking about a team that has won this division time and again over the last couple of years. They're still the reigning division champs. They still have basically the same team, plus additions with Charlie Morton and Drew Smiley. In that rotation I, I like the braves a lot to still compete because they have such a good defense they have good they have a good bullpen like they're a very complete team but the mets have probably the most star-studded team i would say in the NL at right now if you just look at their lineup when james mccann might be bad an eighth for you you know you're pretty loaded offensively and with that pitching that we've talked about the starting pitching at least i don't see any reason why the mets can't win the division But I would say it would be a pretty big disappointment for this team to miss out on a wild card. I think that's the most realistic expectation is to compete with the Braves, but ultimately to secure one of those spots in the wild card game.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be a really tight battle in that NL East. There's really, again, as I mentioned, there's like four or even not all five teams in that division could all make a case to win the division. I don't think the Marlins, personally, in my opinion, I don't think the Marlins will probably make it. I think based off of, you know, over 162-game season, their team's just not built right now for 162-game season. But I could see you know, the Phillies, uh, the Nationals, the Mets, and even the Braves all make a case to possibly have a chance to win that division in some shape or form. It's definitely going to be very tight for that division. We'll see what happens come September. Now we'll kind of get into some rapid-fire questions. You could keep them short and quick on the answers, or if you want, you could, you know, go into a little bit of description. It's up to you, Ryan, whatever you would like here. But uh, first rapid-fire question, who do you think the biggest divisional threat is for the Mets this year? Atlanta Braves. Yep, Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Better season, Lindor or Carlos Carrasco? It's got to be Lindor. Okay. Uh, Overall thoughts and takes on Steve Cohen's performance so far
1: with the team and the direction he's taking? He is night and day better than the Wilpons. Uh, (laughs) Mets fans are thrilled. I'll just leave it at that. Yes, I agree.
0: Um, and then last and final question, obviously, Pete Alonzo. Do you see him repeating in 2019, or do you think he might have you know, a, a little bit lesser of a season than he did in that
1: year? Projection, or projections have somewhere in the middle between what he did in 2019 and 2020. I think with the lineup around him, I've predicted so far he's going to lead the National League in RBIs again. I really do believe that's the case. I don't know if he's going to have as good of a year as 2019, but I think it'll be pretty damn close.
0: Yeah, I think he's, I mean, Alonzo is a great hitter. He's just, he's probably one of the best hitters in baseball right now. So I could definitely see that. Well, Ryan, I appreciate you jumping on the show today, man. It was great getting to talk to you about some Mets baseball. Uh, where can they find the podcast? Where can they find the locked on Mets podcast? I'll definitely put a link in the description below, but where can they find you on platforms?
1: Yeah, they can find uh locked on Mets wherever you get your podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan or the show at locked on Mets. Alrighty, Ryan, I appreciate you jumping on. Good luck,
0: hopefully, to the Mets this season. We'll see what happens. A lot of stuff's unfolding. Obviously, we're in spring training. A lot of interesting pieces, you know, we'll be moving around, obviously, during the spring. So it's going to be really fun to see how the rest of this spring plays out. But I appreciate you jumping on, and thanks for taking some time out of your day.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, guys, peace out. Like, comment, subscribe. We'll see you in our next show. Peace.